0: In a world full of distractions, there is one big question on every dog owner's lips.
1: How do I become more than just the person holding the other end of the leash?
0: We all get dogs of a dream in mind, a vision of the future. And if right now your everyday reality isn't quite... Quite that picture you had in mind, you are in the right place. It
1: really doesn't have to be this way. You
0: absolutely can and will be more to your dog than just the person who gets in between them and the world.
1: The key is, you need to be more sexy.
0: More sexy than the neighbourhood cat.
1: More sexy than the jogger in the park.
0: More sexy than that half-eaten hamburger they just found on the floor.
1: And yes, even more sexy than the dog across the road. I'm Tom. And I'm Lauren. Together Together we are absolute absolute dogs, dogs. And you're listening to the Sexier Than a Squirrel podcast. podcast.
0: Welcome to the Sexier Than a Squirrel podcast, the podcast that teaches you how to become sexier than the environment to your dog.
1: Now, we were chatting just this morning to some of our Training Academy members, Mm -hmm. and one of the biggest struggles, one of the constant questions, one of the questions that comes up again and again and again is... When I come in the house, my dogs go crazy. Or when people come in my house, my dogs go crazy. Or basically, my house is crazy on the entry of people.
0: Absolutely. And so what we wanted to do is devote an entire episode to the podcast where we talk about actually what is some fundamental learning that nobody tells you to teach your dog that actually stops over excitement when you come home it stops lack of calmness when you're at home it stops action prompting pestering and attention seeking and
1: let's be honest in multi-dog households some of the houses and some of the owners that we get to speak to whether that's mm. on a behavior level a day-to-day training level whether they come here for a holiday whatever level it is we see them at mm. actually some of them it causes like multi-dog house fights yeah right? with, with, with dogs or in the house the
0: other one would be um, separation anxiety and, and-
1: dogs that bark the second their owners are about to leave or even mm. I've, I've had a case recently where the dog the minute the go- owner goes to leave is running after the owner trying to grab their trousers yeah. trying to like pull yeah. them down like yeah. th- this is quite a it's an extreme pain for the
0: owners yeah. right? Like, in as, fact, in,
1: as in it's very upsetting yeah
0: exactly and, and, the, and the thing is that you know it's a fundamental piece of learning and yet we're not told that we need to um, that we need to teach our dogs this and also it can lead to some very serious things and Lauren's just alluded to them. In fact, I was speaking to an owner just the other day where if they said the words goodbye. Then the dog would actually lunge at them, would try and bite them, would grab their I mean, clothes, would bite severe, their hands. Isn't it? Totally um, severe. Absolutely. And so, um, what we're what we're going to talk about um, in this podcast, we're really excited that you're that you're listening, Game Changers. What we're going to talk about actually is a gift that you can give your dog, and it's also a gift that you give yourself. It's a vital piece of learning for a happy, harmonious relationship. It's, it's like
1: an act of kindness for the whole family, right? Yeah. Because this is a family- Family game changer.
0: Absolutely. And before we dive into that, we probably need to kind of lay the foundation for it. Like a key piece of key key piece of information or learning, however you wanna however you want to think about it. And that is that dogs have been have been selected, they've selected themselves sometimes, and sometimes they've been selected more artificially in the form of breeding different breeds um, over many, many generations to be very good at predicting, very good at figuring out when they need to be on the ball and ready to go, and actually when they need to switch off. And this is all fine when we actively teach our dogs when they need to be switched on, when they need to be switched off, and in turn, all of their behavior is aligned with what we want. But sometimes that's not the case and the thing is that sometimes our dogs might predict that something exciting is going to happen when actually it isn't and those times when that happens those are the times when our dogs are behaving inappropriately those are the times when our dogs have thought that it was exciting time and actually you're like i want to sit down and watch tv or watch coronation street and have a glass of wine <laughs> owners right?
1: might call it things like the witching hour yeah. or the the sort of they go the crazy like yeah. zoomies around Zo- five o'clock or,
0: or um, chasing tail or whatever it might be um and um, and it's just this mismatch between that dog's blueprint of the world and how they think the day should how the day should pan out and actually how the day is panning out and the thing is you try and speak to them and communicate with them and tell them um what what you want in those moments and it literally feels like trying to fit a square peg into a round hole their whole demeanor their whole energy their whole body is predicting excitement and you're like it is calm time let's let's do some and I, yoga <laughs> i know
1: we've exp- explained it in the past as um you'd desperately love them to be wearing their pajamas and instead they've gone and put Put their disco pants yeah. on and they've got their jazzy they've got like disco full, pants. There's they're like full, a disco on ball suit.
0: on the ceiling. They're chasing light, you know. Um, and, and, and they're it's all ju- dressed
1: up sometimes we with nowhere to go, right? Yeah, Let's absolutely. be honest. And it's
0: just this mismatch. And so um, that mismatch comes from Dogs, they are great predictors. And when there's a predictable sequence of events in place, well, they anticipate. And anticipation leads to an increase in arousal or excitement or energy, however you want to look at it. And the interesting thing is, is often people will say to us, you know, there's this witching hour, or, you know, there's this certain time of day where they're absolutely crazy. It's nearly always in the evening. And it's nearly always in the evening when everybody is at home um, and they are predicting that something exciting is going to happen.
1: So you've had a series of events. Events, they're all very predictable and that yeah. series of predictable sort of uh, patterns mm-hmm. happens of a similar or at a similar time in the evening and yeah.
0: it, it kind of it seems they've got their disco obvious, right? on and you've not got yours on and they're thinking what on earth are you doing like, the, you are Munt's, dressed down today not got her di- she's got a dressing gown on what are you doing um, so uh, the key she's is she's even got that, her fluffy slippers yeah, what, what is this about it's meant to have her heels on or something. I don't know um, so uh, the, um, the, the key is that if we are predictable in the nature with which we we interact with our dogs. Well, that is going to lead to a bad outcome.
1: So I want to give an example. I've been working with a client and I know Tom, you know the same client. We we both know of them and they are a really lovely, lovely, lovely team. The owner, Mm -hmm. it's a husband and wife team and they've Mm -hmm. got a really sweet little dog Yeah, and she's an amazing little dog. And yet, when um, she's uh, left alone, every time she's left alone, when the owners leave the house, separation anxiety ensues and she's screaming, she's barking. And yet when they're in the house and everything's as it should be in her mind, everything's very lovely and she has access to them all the time. And when they Mm -hmm. leave the house, suddenly they uh, leave her alone Mm -hmm. and the whole situation and picture changes. Now, on a practical day-to-day basis, this seems like it should be okay. And Mm -hmm. yet it really, really isn't. But if we look at it a little bit deeper, we can kind of tease it apart, right?
0: Absolutely. And that's because a vital lesson has not been taught to her. And that is that just because I am present in the house doesn't mean that you should have access to me. And the reason why that is, is because if we think about logic, we think about that predictable chain of events that, that dogs use to learn. Well, if our dogs understand or believe, or it's part of their blueprint, that if you're, you're in the house, they should have access to you. Well, that means that your presence is important. And with dogs, important events lead to excitement. And on the flip side of that, it also means that your absence is important. Now, if we think about what separation anxiety is, well, separation anxiety is they've discovered that your, that your absence is important and whatever emotion is driving that, whether it's anxiety or frustration or an inability to disengage or whatever it might be, it's actually the core to that learning is their blueprint of the world is that absence is important, presence is important. And so what we're saying is that the biggest gift that you can give your dog, and we're going to talk practically about how this this looks in just a second is actually to teach them that just because I'm present in the house doesn't mean that you should have access to me.
1: And I think it's important that um, we really make that super clear, just because I'm present does not mean you should have full access to me. Mm -hmm. Like we we can say that a few times because I think sometimes my owners, they they hear it and yet it's hard to live it. And yet Tom, we both live this with our dogs. And I think that in the last five, six years, it's, it's enhanced my household and, and I know the same with your yeah. household just so much. Like yeah. It's a really nice way to live with dogs.
0: Absolutely. It's led to increased calmness. It has also led to a, a lack of... Coming home or leaving the house being an event, and so for, to the point where they they keep their eyes closed.
1: And for for me, um, I think one of the biggest ones owning a multi dog house was mm-hmm. with um, I mean previous dogs, uh, Poppy and and Bella back in in my early days. We would have we would have dog dog aggression, like yeah. fight sort of situations because you'd come in the house, one would be up against your legs, mm-hmm. the other one would strut over, mm-hmm. everything would be exciting, everyone would be going, Hey, how are you doing? Nice yeah. to see you, woo, type stuff. And you know what? There would be there would be issues. And and mm-hmm. I don't see that any t- I, I just don't see it these days. No. And it's such a different picture yeah. to where we were, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, because we have such a different greeting picture and we have such a different daily picture.
0: Absolutely, and it's all underpinned by something that seems so insanely simple. And that is that our dogs now understand that just because we're in the house doesn't mean that they should have access to us. Now, signs that your dog might think that presence does mean access to you. Well, they might be, they might occupy themselves with action prompting and attention seeking. You might find that it's quite difficult to inspire calmness with them because they're constantly predicting that because you're there, something important is about to happen. It might be that they're showing you that quite quite um obviously in the form of separation anxiety So maybe
1: your neighbor's letting you know that when you're out of the house actually they can hear your dogs Mm. or maybe you've got some sort of monitor and you can tell they're disliking it Mm. or even as simple as i didn't see necessarily 10 15 years ago separation anxiety as a dog who couldn't eat when i was now Mm. out of the house Mm. whereas now when i look at my dogs i know that um definitely i've observed in the last five years a couple of dogs who cannot eat when you're gone well actually that's something we need to grow and inspire and develop and change, because actually that is an indicator for us of actually they're Mm -hmm. not that comfortable when we're away.
0: 100%. And then... So I suppose it's
1: looking for subtlety, right?
0: Absolutely. And, you know, even down to if your dog doesn't understand that your presence doesn't mean access well actually you know putting them in a crate or putting them in a pen or even just closing them into a room of the house that is going to lead to quite a, a response where all of a sudden we're forcing something that is not part of their blueprint of the world we're now forcing them to not have access to us and that's likely to lead to Barking, it's likely to lead to maybe scratching at the door, whatever it might be. And what's really interesting, or at least I, I think this is really interesting, that um, actually some dogs they don't have separation anxiety; they're fine when the owner leaves the house. But if the owner is at home, they cannot be separated from them into a different room in the house, and that is purely because they think, well, if the owner is present, well, they've got to have access to them.
1: Now, interestingly, um, I know that Tom, when you come into my house, mm-hmm. and I know for myself when I get into Tom's house, yeah. the house remains pretty the same. Yeah. Like, you'll come in and I know, for example, Easy, my border collie, absolutely loves Tom. She mm-hmm. thinks he is the best thing. Mm-hmm. So out of all of mine, she's probably the most likely to be a little changed. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, you've been in and out for the last few years. Yeah. So it's just not an event. Like, yeah. we make it a non-event. Just so, be-
0: Just because your guest is present in the house doesn't mean that your dog should have access to them either. So this really actually... You it know, spills it
1: over into everything, right?
0: So many struggles, and yet still, it's not something that people talk about. So. Now that we've identified that actually, you know what? I want to teach my dog presence doesn't mean access. This sounds amazing. Oh, and just, just before we move on to that, actually, sometimes some dogs, you'll be present in the house and they will choose to go and sleep in a different room or they will choose to go and, um, you know, sleep away from you or leave you. That doesn't mean that they understand presence doesn't mean access because as soon as you put a barrier between them and you, all of a sudden they're not so keen on that. And that's because dogs are, have, uh, they're super smart and 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 they're super aware that, hey, I know they're in the house and I can access them if I choose to. But actually, I'm just going to chill over here for now. As soon as we put a barrier there, that's when we start to see that they've not quite learned what we thought they had learned. So how do we train and build and grow? Presence doesn't mean access.
1: So first off, I mean, I walk into my home and I walk straight through um, our, our, our sort of dog area um, to, to go into to the hallway. And straight away, whilst I acknowledge where everybody is and I have a look, I don't make any big deal. Yeah. So I don't come in and make a big event. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Woo! Like, I don't come in and like fuss them I'm all home. up. <laughs> and and I, I'll be honest, like 10, 15 years ago, I definitely would be like, oh, it's mm. so nice to see you. And you know what? I would be like, really sort of yeah. getting them excited. And mm-hmm. actually, what I've realized is it doesn't serve me very well and mm-hmm. it doesn't serve them very well because yeah. I can walk in and out and they barely lift their heads and kind of like look up. I mean, I might get a little like mm-hmm. raise of the head. They're not really uh, needing to do anything for me, yeah. or me needing anything from them, other than if I say, "Hey guys, we're going to go training or style, let's go," yeah. or um, I don't know, should we go for a wander, like going out for a walk? Like I'll, I'll, I'll interact if mm-hmm. I want to, but at the same time, I don't need to and I don't have to, and I can walk straight through. Um, and we've got um, we've got a, a, a definitely a, a multi dog household, and mm-hmm. we've definitely got a gated community, so we might have stair gates, we might have a puppy pen, we might have um, a stair gate across a hallway. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll adapt it depending on on what we doing and Mm -hmm. and also whether we've got any guest dogs. And so for me, it's actually something that we do on a day-to-day basis. Like we we just adapt. And it doesn't mean that when I come in, everything is a party. Like it's, I come in and I carry on doing my own thing. I might make Mm -hmm. a cup of tea, grab a glass of water, wash my hands, whatever. You know what? I'll do something else, but not immediately fuss the dogs.
0: Absolutely. And then leading on from that, Lauren's alluded to something that's absolutely vital to uh, really achieving this with your dog. And that is that We've got to give them opportunity for them not to have access to us and some, some houses you know, they're so open plan nowadays. And so like just everywhere is one big room that actually we don't set the environment up in such a way that they can learn that for themselves. And so utilizing something like a gator community where you maybe, you know, have the old baby gate or you have a puppy pen or something like that. the funny
1: thing is, initially in our household, um, our our baby gate was for Eliza. Mm. Well, Eliza's now eight years old and our baby (laughs) gate still remains. And as much as, I mean, the downstairs one is just gone, Mm -hmm. but as much as... I don't love the look of them. The purpose of them is so they powerful. Teach they so teach so many, so many skills. Yeah. And and the other thing I would say is that they allow you to manage multi-dog households in a really safe, sensible way. Mm-hmm. And equally, they allow you to teach sort of a tolerance, frustration, a patience yeah. sort of concept very early on. Mm-hmm. And And it's just kind of everyday life. So mm-hmm. I can walk through one room to the other and my presence isn't. It's not all their party. It's yeah. not all about them, right? And that,
0: that's so crucial. The, the, what we're talking about here is the dog's blueprint of the world being that your presence means they have access to you and we're talking about how actually the world isn't like that but the world isn't like that if we give them plenty of opportunity to learn that the world is not like that right and so what we're saying is that actually you know utilize utilizing your environment maybe changing your environment a little bit maybe setting up opportunities for training for the sake of training this solely is going to be really, really powerful and a big gift that you can give your dog.
1: And, and it is a huge gift because I would say that my dogs are happier now than they ever were. They're calmer now than they ever were. They're absolutely um, the the easiest dogs I've ever lived with. And I've had dogs yeah. all my life. I've had dogs since I was, um, I mean, we, I grew up, my first dog was a red setter. My, my second dog was a lurcher. Um, and then I had my first border collie. You know, I've always had dogs. And yet mm-hmm. these are the calmest dogs I've ever lived with. Yeah. They're the easiest dogs I've ever lived with. And... You know what? It happens time and time again. It's it's like a blueprint for success. It's it's for me, the fact that I walk into my house, there's no barking, there's no chaos, there's no bouncing, there's no stupid energy. There's there's like really nice energy. Mm -hmm. So for me, um, a couple of other things I do as little tips, I always have a radio on. So Mm -hmm. I've nearly always got a radio on. Low level noise isn't a big deal and me coming in and out and moving around isn't a big deal. Mm -hmm. Um, Second one is if they are being really silly and being really crazy, that's actively a reason for me even more so not to make a big deal. And if anything, I'll toilet them calmly. So take them out, take them to the toilet, calmly and then go back into more calmness in the house so i think that's that's also important and just like tom says i try really hard to be unpredictable with what i do so i'm I'm not predictable i try i'm as unpredictable as i can predict that I am.
0: <laughs> and so the the interesting thing is, is sometimes our dogs will point out to us that we've been predictable. For example, it might be that at a certain time of day, they seem to be quite excitable and struggling with calmness. And that suggests to us, oh, actually, I need to make this a calm time of day for the time being. That This might be a time of day where they don't have access to me. This might be a time of day where I put them away. I give them a long lasting chew. And
1: don't feel bad about yeah.
0: that. They, they, feel because good. actually they are stressed if you do not teach them this, and we know that the world at times is going to mean mean that they don't have access to you. So what better way to prepare them than to prepare them in a really nice process?
1: The other thing I would um, always consider um, in this is that there are some times of day that are harder to be unpredictable with. So for me, for example, first thing in the morning, I get up, I don't know, around six-ish, and I always let um, style ever, brave and classy out together. So they always go out together. And yet, it's hard to be unpredictable because they've got first access to the door. So I I often let those guys out first. And, And so there are times that predictability kind of... It's hard to ditch it, Mm -hmm. but where you possibly can ditch it, and even in a sense, there, the way I will ditch it is I might let Style and Ever out, and then I might call them in, and then I might let Classy and Brave out. Mm -hmm. So I'll I'll adapt it in some way, or sometimes I'll go out and I don't know. I'll I'll check the fields and check Mm -hmm. there's there's nothing going on, and then I'll let them out. So I I, I will try and adapt stuff if I can, Mm -hmm. if it's if it's possible, and absolutely try where possible to ditch routines. And it
0: might be, for example, that you go and greet your dog on a morning, and um, you, you as in you walk down into their into their area whatever area that they were in or walk through however your setup is you take them out to the toilet and then they come back into the house and they immediately get some kind of long lasting chew um calming activity and you go somewhere else Carry and they don't have access day. to you so you start the day without access and and that is a really powerful it's, lesson as well I
1: just thought of something that um was interesting I was away at the um at the weekend and we were um staying in a hotel and we had um three of our dogs with us and actually, this is another one. Presence um, doesn't mean access. I got up in the middle of the night. I couldn't sleep. I don't know. I just—it was just like it is right now, which is sweltering. So we apologize. We're both like, oh, we oh, are absolutely so like—it's so boiling. Like this is like super hot for for this time of year here. And um, I, I was literally around, but I didn't need any dogs with me and I didn't need, and yet they're in the hotel room with me. And yet I didn't need their presence, if that yeah. made sense. And I wasn't I wasn't accessible. Yeah. I was literally up, I was um, mooching around for 10 minutes and then I was back to bed. But mm. what I wasn't doing is interacting with them in a crazy way. Yeah. And it was great to watch that they immediately went, oh yeah, okay, back to sleep again. Mm. That's the kind of um, calmness that this instills, right? Yeah. Like that, or, or I don't know if you're like me, but I constantly leave the house and go back because I've forgotten yeah. something. It's the best way to ditch three Tina yeah. have decided it's like bang in out in out i'm not exciting they kind of look mm-hmm. at me like seriously can you just leave me alone now yeah. i need to go to sleep like that That's sort of thing it. in a daily life right
0: so when you're introducing this guys what we want you to be aware of is that there are almost like three different variables that we've got to think about three different things that we've got to consider um in relation to weaning our dogs onto this and growing this into their world and that is first of all distance from us so the further away from us that they are when we're when we're present um the you know what the harder that's going to be so start close Second is, you know what, think duration. The the shorter time that they don't have access to us, the easier it's going to be. So start short and grow it. And then thirdly is visual barrier. Dogs, you know, if they can see us, it's probably going to be easier for them. So start with situations in which they can see, see you. Maybe it's that you have a little crate next to you and you're working away on your laptop and um, they spend a short amount of time in there with visual access very close to you. And then you build that up over time to the point where maybe they could be in a different room in the house and they're totally fine with it but it starts actually at first of all discovering and them discovering that just because you're present doesn't mean that they should have access to you building a blueprint of the world like that actually prepares them for the real world and it resolves all of those struggles that we that we opened with
1: so i think this is an amazing place to grow with our Mm -hmm. dogs right i think it's an amazing place to grow ourselves i think this gives huge amounts of skills for um, us to work on. So really, we invite you to have a go at this. Yeah,
0: have a go at it. Give your dog the gift of presence doesn't mean access. Give yourself this gift as well. It gives you a bit of time off. And the key is, guys, that you know what? You don't realize you have a problem until you have a problem. And so putting this learning in place actually resolves so many problems that you didn't even know you were going to have. And that's a cool place to be. So that was this episode of the Sexier Than a Squirrel podcast. We will see you next week. And remember, stay stay sexy. Hey, before you go, have you taken part in the worldwide Sexier Than a Squirrel Challenge? It's
1: a 25-day online video program. Huge energy, amazing community, and over 6,000 people are already taking part.
0: The only question is, you know where you are today. Where do you want to be 25 days from now? Head to absolutedogs.me forward slash sexy.